0: Malachi chapter 3, let's start with verse 6, and, and I taught this last week, but I really think as I was going over uh, where to start this morning, I really felt God deal with me in my spirit, encourage me in my spirit to read this part again, because it, it has nothing to do with, with, with the offering and the first fruits, but it has everything to do with understanding about who our God is. Malachi chapter three, verse six. He says, for I am the Lord and I do not change. Therefore, you're not consumed, O sons of Jacob's. Yet from the days of your fathers, you've gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Now, now this, this, I talked about this last week, but I really feel God speaking to me that somebody needs encouragement in this. Here is a people that have backslid. Here's a people that have walked away from God. Here's a people that have been blessed and they turned and have walked away from it. Not once, but many times, just like many many of us have or many of the church has. Can I have an amen? amen? And yet God says here, I'm the Lord, your God, I do not change, therefore you're not consumed. Now, just, I just really felt God wanted me to emphasize this. What God is saying is, you've got to understand what a loving God I am. Amen. You may have blown it. You may have messed up. You may have, you may have done bad things. But because I have given you a covenant, I will not break that covenant and God's saying to us, he said, I'm not looking to, to, to destroy you. I'm not looking to harm you. I'm not looking to hurt you. I love you even, in, even if you're in sin, I still love you. I'm not looking to destroy you. I'm looking to bring you out of that sin so that I can put my blessing back on your life. The God that we serve is not a mean God. And I'm going to say this, and this really throws a lot of people. When I got saved, I didn't give my life to Jesus because I was afraid of going to hell. I didn't believe in hell. I didn't get saved because someday, you know, maybe I got saved. How old was I? Twenty, twenty-six 26 years old. I didn't get saved because maybe in, in, 60 years or, or 70 years, someday I'm going to f- walk into flames of fire. I didn't get saved because I was afraid of going to hell. I got saved because as I watched a movie about Jesus, somehow I knew that that Jesus dying on that cross wanted to love me and take care of me, not just in eternity, but today. Now, is that Okay. Listen, I, I, and as I study the Word of God, I'm not, I don't, I'm not staying saved because I'm afraid God will send me to hell. I'm staying saved because it's better on this side of the fence than it is on the other side of the fence. Can I use a biblical? It's kind of gross, but it's in the Bible. It says a dog returns to its vomit. Why would I go back? Now, don't look at me like you don't know that's in the Bible. Now, I know that's kind of gross, but it's a good picture. It's so good, it's, and it's going to get so gooder. It's so good serving God. Why would we go back and eat the, the stuff that we got cleansed of? And what God is saying is, don't serve me because you're afraid of me. Serve me because I'm a good God. And my blessing wants to come on you and your family in every way. Somebody say amen. amen. See, the first thing you got in order for us to, to, to see where God has taken us, we got to have a religious renewing of mind. We got to have this religious renewing of mind. God is not up there with a giant fly swatter just, just hoping to use you as an example. That's not the God we serve. Our God is a good God and a loving God, and He loves us even when we're when we're out of His will. He loves us, but there's no blessing when we're out of His will. Let's get back in His will. We're not consumed, you know. I don't, uh, you know. Now I, you know, I've never backslid, but I know people that have backslid, and 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 God has allowed their attention to be gotten. Amen. God will get your attention if you backslide. Why? Because he wants to bring you back into the goodness of God. Amen. Okay. Let's move on with this. From the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return. Everybody say return. Return, return to me. And when you return to me, I will Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sitkanu, Jehovah Mekadesh Jehovah Shalom, I will, when you return to me, all that I am will return to you. Now, we're still his children. But he said, You've lost my teachings. Return to me, and all that I am, all that my son Jesus paid for, it will return to you. Now, watch this, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, In what way shall we return? He answers, Here's how we return. Will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me, but you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and in offerings. So here God says, Return to me, and I will return to you. He said, Now I still love you. My love is unconditional. But he said, Return to me, and all that I am will return unto you. And they say, In what way shall we return? And of course he says, In tithes and in offerings. Now, we know that what the tithe is, a tenth is the large. that is God's. And I was thinking about this illustration this morning, because I'm not teaching on the tithe, I'm teaching on the offering. But God has always said, all of that's yours, but this is mine. And I was thinking about, you know, we, uh, the obvious illustration is the Garden of Eden, where, this all, where all of our mess started. Think about this. Where all of our mess started, it started from adam taking what belonged to god and the love of money is the root of all evil and you and you think about it here adam was in a garden that flowed with milk and honey and because he touched what belongs to god he was taken out of god's provision and put into the world way of providing and the ground became cursed with thorns and thistles and that's exactly what God is, God is saying here. He says, because the next verse he says, if you take my tithe and my offering, you're cursed with a curse. And I need to emphasize this. God doesn't go around cursing us. Now he chastens those he loves. But there's a difference between a father chastening a child or cursing a child. There's a big difference in that. So God says, when, when, you, when you touch what is mine, he said, then, then you're cursed with a curse. Well, what does that mean? This whole system in which you and I make a living, whether it's in America or if it's in Europe, or this whole system is a cursed system. It's a system that is about borrowing and debt. I won't do this today, but if I asked how many people in this room right now are in debt it would probably be a hundred percent. If we were asked how many people watching by television are in debt, it would probably be a hundred percent. But when we return to God's way of doing this, remember his ways are not our ways. We, We may be in this world, but we are no longer of this world. This world's financial system is cursed. But God's financial system is blessed because he's not the God of this world. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord of our provision and the Lord of our harvest. Can I have an amen? amen? So we know a tenth is his. We don't touch that. You may say, well, I can't afford to give my tithe. I'm going to tell you this as a loving pastor. You can't afford not to give your tithe. I mean, think about how many people have, have taken the tithe and waiting to get ahead. Okay, you're only going to get ahead God's way. And not only are we going to get ahead, but we're going to become the head and not the tail. We are living in that generation. But the thing I want to emphasize is not the tithe, but it's the offering besides. Because we, we, we studied in Deuteronomy, I think, what is it? It's Deuteronomy sixteen sixteen, where he says three times a year you shall come before the Lord and you shall not come empty-handed. Now this offering besides, when he talks in Malachi chapter 3, because a lot of people have been tithing for generations and have never seen the windows of heaven open, have never seen the devourer rebuked. How many would say that's you? Wave at me right now. You've been tithing in heaven. Well, because we got partial truth. Now we're going into the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And now the windows of heaven are going to be open, and God will rebuke the devour, and everything that your family has lost because we've only had half-truth is going to be brought back to you. That's the ladder and the farmer rain. Somebody shout amen. Amen. So when it says offerings, it's talking about, yeah, we bring steadfast offerings and we give above our tithes, but three times a year, everybody say three. three. Three times a year, God says, do not Come before me empty handed. And this in Hebrew is called the first fruits. Now it's amazing because there are three different first fruits. But these three all produce something different in the physical and the spiritual. Now the first fruits, the first first fruits, comes this next Sunday, Passover. That's why Jesus was buried. On Shabbat, or right before Shabbat, and he was resurrected on what day? Sunday. And he was our first fruit. You and I, to be absent from the body, will be. It means to be present with the Lord. You and I are part of God's harvest because God understood that the law of first fruits is, is as real as the law of gravity. You can ignore it, but it still is real. You can go up on the top of this building and say, I don't believe in the law of gravity. Take one step, and you become a believer. For a moment, you'll be a live believer. Then after a moment, you'll be a dead believer, but you will be a believer. Amen? The law of gravity and the law of first fruits is just as real. How many of you are born again? R- lift up your hand. The reason we're born again is because God gave his, planted his first fruit. So that you and I will never die. Now I believe everybody. I really believe the the coming of the Lord is so close that n- nobody in this room will die before we see the coming of the Lord. Say, well, I'm 80 years old. I think I still think we're that close. I believe God will give you you know a long life, but I believe we're that close. But if someone should pass over to the other side, the moment you the moment you breathe your laugh, you you are breathing forever, eternal air. And that's because of Jesus being the first fruit. So three times a year, we are to come before the Lord and bring an offering that releases something in us physical and spiritually. Now, the first fruit offering is in Passover. Now, 50 50 days from then, which is the same day that God gave us the Bible, the Ten Commandments, and it's the same day that God gave us the Holy Spirit, Pentecost. Pentecost means 50. 50 days from now, we bring in, or from next week, we bring in another first fruit. That first fruit releases into you and I prosperity for the whole rest of the year. But this first fruit on next Sunday, on Passover, releases us the favor of God, or the grace of God. Now listen to me, because I, I, I want to I bring you into something very exciting. The reason why it's a barley offering is because when the plagues hit Egypt, how many know the story of Israel coming out of Egypt? When the plagues hit Egypt to bring them out of bondage and into the promised land, it it hit everyone in all of Egypt, Except those the children of God who lived in Goshen So the plague first off wiped out all the crop Then it wiped out all the animals it wiped out every way for them to make a living now catch this every way for the people in Egypt to make a living was wiped out Except the children of God who lived in Goshen listen to this. This is prophetic from the voice of God don't take what we're experiencing for granted. Amen. The reason why the people of it, God were spared in Goshen was not because they were special, not because they're serving God, not because they were, they were, they were the, j- these great men and women of God. It was just because of God's grace that they were being protected. Somebody say grace. So he said, when you come before me, he said, I want you on Passover to bring a barley offering. Barley represents the grace of God. That barley fed their animals. If the animals die, there was no way to make a living except through their own hands. By the grace of God, I believe God is covering us in Dallas. God is covering everybody that's partnering with us. And I'll show you this in a minute. That's what, partnering with us by television or by stream. There is a grace that is over us. Now, first off, we need to remember that we've received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, not because we deserve a Savior, but by grace are we saved. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, now uh, let, me, let me rehash a little bit here because I feel a tremendous anointing this morning. We are not saved because we deserve it. You know, I think about the guy who was in the temple, and he's standing before the Lord. And then the other guy that's in the temple, and he's kneeling before the Lord. And the one who's kneeling is saying, God, have mercy on me. Have grace on me. And the one who's standing looks at that one and says, Thank God I'm not like other men. But my Bible says that man who stood prayed to himself but that man who kneeled prayed unto God and the God of grace and mercy. And I don't know about you, but I never want to forget. I want to be like David. Lord, remind me. Remind me of the pit from which I was dug. You know, I went in, I went in uh, um, Friday morning to get a haircut. And uh, this young man was working in the in the salon there. And he walks up to me and he says, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Huck, he said, I've been seeing you coming in for uh, uh, several months now. And he said, I haven't seen anything to you. But he said, you know what? He said, I, I-, I watched you on, on television in Arkansas. And he said, I quit doing drugs and I quit doing all this because of what I saw God do in your life. And he said, and because of that, he said, I came to Dallas and went to... Uh, um, Christ, for, where's my Christ for the Nations, folks? Christ for the nations, and he said, and, and man, God just gave me a vision for the world. But he said, you know, I kind of, I kind of got after I left Christ for the Nations, and he said I kind of fell away. He said, boy, I, I just know this is God, and so I'm sitting there getting my hair cut. We're talking about the things of God and about God delivering people of drugs and God setting the captive free. And I'm telling you something: every everybody in the beauty parlor. was hungry to hear the voice of God. And I got his name and gave it to Luke. And that day I said, my son will call you today. My son will call you today and get a hold of you. Man, I want you to know something. When I'm sitting there looking at this young man and he had a hunger and he went to Christ for the nations to do something for God, it took me back 31 years when God saved me and delivered me of drugs. And I don't ever, I don't, I don't want to ever get to the point may may you slap my face if I ever get to the point that I can't walk through the church and pray with people and talk to people we ought to be ashamed because well I'm too big I'm too important may you be ashamed that you ever forget it's by grace we're saved not because we somebody give him a grace shout amen amen now I'm gonna say I want to say this to pastors watching right now. We get into the point that preachers shepherds don't smell like sheep anymore. Man, walk through the crowd. You can't you can't shepherd sheep from a computer. You can't do it. We gotta realize that if God by 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 his grace, say grace. If God by His grace gives us the ability to teach, or by God's grace He gives us the ability to play, or by God's grace He gives us the ability to sing, or by God's grace He gives you the ability to make money, you need to remember that the moment we forget it's by grace, He can take that away in a minute of time. See, the reason why does God say to do these things? To remind us. David said, Lord... Now that I'm on the throne, remind me what it's like. I see, I see pastors. A lot of, you know, I'm just going to speak of, a lot of pastors don't want to work. It's like when, 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 when Anna was in school, they asked her, when we were pastoring in Australia, they asked her, what, is, what does your dad do for a living? And, and Anna goes, or Katie, I'm sorry, Katie said, nothing. My dad's a preacher. We need to remember it's by grace. Can I have an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So God says once a year you bring the barley offering. Now now listen to me. Every seed produces after its own kind. If you read Genesis chapter 1, this whole world functions on Genesis chapter 1. Every seed produces after its own kind. You can't plant oranges and expect apples. If you want love, what do you got to give? If you want grace, what do you got to give? If you want kindness, what do you got to give? You know, it's like people come and say, well, nobody likes me. You're not likable. If you want to be positive, you can sow negative. Say every seed. Every seed produces after its own kind. Now, in 50 days, we're going to sow on Pentecost the seed that produces prosperity. But right now, next Sunday, we're going to sow a seed, a Passover seed, a barley seed that will produce grace. Now, I don't know about you, but I received grace 31 years ago, and I want grace today, and I want grace tomorrow Every seed produces after its own kind. So God says, return unto me. How do we return? Bring that grace offering. And when you sow that grace seed on you and your family, you will receive grace. Now watch this. Grace to be saved. Grace to stay saved. The world says, once a junkie, always a junkie. The world says you'll never change, but the word says, "Who the sun sets free shall be free indeed." We need that grace to get free, and we need that grace to stay free. I don't have time to teach all this. We'll teach it in Passover. But when they got out of when they got out of Egypt, they were crossing. They were getting ready to cross the Red Sea. Who was coming after them? The Egyptians. The old life was coming. They're free. But the old life is coming to grab them and bring them back. Somebody shout grace. grace. We're not only getting out of Egypt, you're gonna stay out of Egypt, and your family's gonna stay out of Egypt forever and ever. Somebody shout amen. Yes. Say grace. grace. Grace on our finances. Okay? Grace that the cattle didn't die, their harvest didn't die, everybody else's dead, their, their livelihood was lost. Look at Egypt to this day. How many of you are driving in an Egyptian car? How many of you are wearing Egyptian clothes or Egyptian appliances? Listen, that curse is still there on the people. That's why they need Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Somebody say amen. Amen. They need Yeshua, our 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 Jesus, our Messiah, because he'll not only forgive us, but he'll break that curse. But Israel, no matter what happens, they still move into that grace. How many want to be under that grace that all your life it doesn't matter listen it doesn't matter what happens out in the world doesn't matter what how high the gas gets doesn't matter the gas will get up to four dollars you'll get a five dollar an hour raise somebody say grace every seed will produce after its own kind okay now watch this so those are the first two the third thing is the word grace literally means favor the word grace literally means favor go with me to exodus chapter 12 now we're going to get into i got two more points can you you hold on exodus chapter 12 verse 36 now look at this and the lord had given the people favor say favor Favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they granted them whatever they asked, thus they plundered the Egyptians. Now, what does that mean? What that means is, and we all know this part, what that means is, is that when Israel left on the way to the promised land, they left with all the silver, they left with all the gold, they left with all the wealth because the Egyptians owed them. 400 years back wages. Somebody shout amen. amen. And of course you've heard my teaching on the latter rain and the farmer rain. God's not only going to bring you the, rain or the latter rain what you deserve. God's going to bring you if you're African American, if you're uh, Hispanic, if you're a woman, if you're a preacher, if you're male. Uh, God's going to bring you everything that should have been in your family. He's not only going to bring you yours, but he's going to bring you what they should have had that's been kept back by the those who are defrauding right we all know that scripture but look at what it says here it says the children of God got favor in the hand in the eyes of the Egyptians now think about how bizarre that is they've just lost all their cattle they've just lost all their livelihood they just lost all their slave labor the Nile River their source of waters turned to blood they're full of boils. They're full of lice. They're full of frogs. And, the ch- and they come up to the children of God and say, we want to thank you so much for all this. Thank you very much. Here, take everything that I own. <laughs> Stop and think a minute. They got lice. They got boils. Their river's full of blood. Their cattle's gone. Their livelihood's gone. Their crops are gone. And even in that, God said, I'm going to cause men to give to you... Out of the bosom of, the, of their heart into your, I'm going to cause it. The world says we don't want any more Christians. Politicians say we don't want any more this Jesus stuff. Hollywood said get this Jesus stuff out of our face. But when we return unto God with the fervor offering, with the barley offering, He's going to cause your boss to give you favor. He's going to cause your relatives to give you favor. He's going to cause the mayor to give you favor. He's going to cause the ones that work to give somebody shout favor do you understand he is going to turn your story he is going to turn the church story he is going to turn the christian story upside down everywhere you go they're writing books they're doing programs against god but god said when you return unto me every seed will produce after its own kind where they've been for for hundreds of years in America trying to get God out. All of a sudden, they're going to have preachers on Larry King not to talk against what they're doing, but to talk about the favor of God. They're going to have preachers on Oprah not to talk about New Age, but to talk about the favor that comes from Jesus Christ. We are going to have... Favor in the eyes of the world. God said, I will cause people to give to you. Is anybody getting this? Do you understand the miracle here? Let me stop and and, and reiterate. These people have lost everything. They've lost their free labor. They've lost their harvest. They've lost their animals. They're full of lice and barley. But when God says, bring me that barley offering, why? Because every seed will reproduce after its own kind. When we return unto this, as in the days of old, God said, I will return unto you. Folks, those of us that are getting this, we are going to be that end time church. We are going to be that people of miracles. We are going to be that people that all the world will call you blessed. Why are you so blessed? Man, the boss is mean to everybody. But every time he turns around, he gives you a raise. Somebody shout, "I I got favor. Now listen to me. There is what we can do. There is what we can earn. There is what we can know. But beyond that, God will bring you your dream team. And he'll say, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to give you favor. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to give you favor. I don't know why I'm even calling you, but I just felt I wanted to give you favor. Somebody is going to move next week into the end time returning of the favor of God. If it's you, give him a great big clap offering. Amen. Somebody say favor. Favor. Let me read this to you. Do you have a few more minutes? Look at Luke. Look at Luke 6, 38. Let me read it to you. It says, give and it will be given unto you good measure. Now look at me. Look at me a second. These three offerings are called the Koban Omer in Hebrew. Koban Omer. The word Omer means a measure. The word koban means an offering that draws you near to God. Look at me, look at me. Return unto me, draw near unto me. Bring your measure on this next Sunday. Bring your measure of barley. Now what that means is, is that it's not just something, oh, oh, okay, okay, I didn't even know about this, here's, here's a few bucks. No, no, it's you're aware of this. This seed is gonna produce Favor. This seed is going to produce grace in my life and in my family and all my finances. So I'm going out to the field, and I am setting aside a measure, an omer, a koban omer, a measure of offering because this measure will draw me near, return me unto the favor of God. Now watch this. Give and it shall be given unto you good measure, Omer, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same Omer, the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. This is not, this is not a time that we just reach into our pocket and we say, well, whatever change I've got. Or, you know, oh, I didn't even think about this. Here, you know, Here's a here's hundred bucks. No, this is a time. That we are saying, I am setting this, whatever I've got to do, I'm going to set this aside because with whatever obedience, whatever measure of grace I give to God, God will give that, measure that, and give it back to me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing, there won't be room enough for me to contain it. Somebody say amen. amen. Now this is not a normal sermon on an offering. This is an end-time revelation of God that will make us the people of miracles. This is not something light. This is prophetic. Return unto me. Say, well, pastor, that was the first coming. This scripture, to a degree, was first coming, but this is about the last church, not the first church, because he said, I will come suddenly. This is a prophetic word to you and I that will make us what we've been hearing about, what we've been talking about and preaching about for, for 15 years, the end time transfer of wealth. But all of a sudden, God is opening our eyes to the revelation and we are bringing him next Sunday, the measure, the Koban Omer the measure that will draw us, return us back to him, and he will return unto us. We're still not cast out. We're still loved by him, but we're about to return to Jehovah-Jireh, who is our provider. Somebody shout amen. amen. Now one more. All of those are good, but this is the most important. Remember I told you last week that I had all these. I had these three points, and you know, when you're talking about grace, and you're talking about favor, and you're talking about your your harvest not being wiped out, you know, we don't take for granted that we're in Dallas, or if you're watching, you're part of. Even you may be in North Dakota, Portland, Oregon, London, England, uh, India, but you're under the covering of the Dallas New Beginnings Church. Amen. But watch this. I had all three of these, and, I, and man, I, you can write a book on these three points. This is new stuff, but I kept going upstairs, and Tiz kept saying to me, she said, she kept saying, are you done? Are you done? I said, I'm missing something. I've got the first three points, and you know, that, that ought to be enough, but I said, I'm missed. There's something God is wanting to tell me, and I, and I can't get it. I can't find it, so I kept studying. All of a sudden, I started reading this ancient teaching. Several thousand years of this scripture. And I went, oh my gosh. And so I'll have to tell it to you next week. No, 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 no. <laughs> now watch this. This is, thank God we're saved by grace. Thank God our finances are covered by grace. Thank God our future is covered by favor. But watch this. Everybody knows this scripture. What prop the man if he and now we know that scripture. Now, now, now tune in. This is such a phenomenal revelation. We know that scripture. What profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And we, we, we say, what a sad story that was is that God does bless us and gives us favor and, 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 and protects our, our barley and protects our, our animals, which means protects our livelihood, protects our job. But then we backslid. I'll tell you something even sadder sadder than we get it all and then we backslide if you get blessed and your children aren't saved every parent every grandparent in here you know i got my grand sugars i would willfully this would never happen but i would willfully volunteer to go to hell if that would save them can you say amen i would willfully give my life for my children for my wife but we know the scripture, what profit a man if he gains the whole world, loses his soul? But what profit us if we gain this understanding of grace, but our children are lost? And, I, that, and when I begin to read the ancient wisdom about this, why we bring in barley offering to restore grace, when I saw this, it was incredible. Now we know that God spared their, their crop. We know God spared their animals. We know God spared the children of God. But then came the worst, what was the last of the plagues? The angel of death. And what did God say? He said, when I see the blood, he said, I will call That angel of death was coming to kill what? First fruit. But watch this. Every seed, man, I feel the Holy Ghost... I feel this is so good. This is so good. This is so good. That angel of death was coming in. It stole the first fruit of their crop. It stole the first fruit of their livelihood. It stole the first fruit of their free slavery. But it was about to steal the first fruit of their home. And he said, When I see the blood, I will pesha, I will pass, I will make that angel pass over you. I'm I'm really late, but can I read this to you? Okay, this is is Exodus chapter 12. This is incredible. This is absolutely incredible. Exodus 12. If you don't have it, let me read it to you for the sake of time. Verse 23. For the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, which is the sign of the cross, the Lord will pass over the door, now watch, look at this next verse, if you don't have it, look at me, and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. Look at the word you. Look at the word you. Is it a normal printing? What is it? Italicized. Why is it italicized? It means man added it. Okay, so let's read it the way God originally said it. Put, when I see, the Lord will pass through the, strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood, how many places did Jesus shed his blood? And, and, uh, he sees the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike. He's saying not only, will I spare you. But everyone you bring into your home, everyone you bring into your house, he said, when that angel of death now listen to what, what it said. It said, you may be bringing in under the blood rebellious children, rebellious grandchildren, rebellious employees, rebellious husbands, rebellious wives, rebellious relatives, but if you bring them into your house, when I see the blood... I will give an incredible measure of grace on your family, and I will not allow the destroyer, if you put them under the blood, I'll not allow the destroyer to destroy them. Oh, somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought to shout. I had, an, I had an aunt that prayed for me, prayed for me, prayed for me, prayed for me. Everybody gave up on me. Once a junkie, always a junkie. I was in an automobile accident one time and the car wrapped around me and, and, and people were gathered around and, and the guy hit us 90 miles an hour broadside and I, could, I was an unconscious but aware and all of a sudden I heard a priest come and say, I'm Father so-and-so. Is there anything I can do? And I heard the people say, no father he's already gone and they thought I was dead and I don't know if I was or not but I'm telling you something that I had an aunt who prayed for me and prayed for me and prayed for me and prayed for me and although the devil thought he had an open shot I was covered even though we didn't understand it I was covered by a mantle of grace God didn't say, I'll just spare your firstborn. He said, but through my firstborn, when I see the blood, I'm going to put a covering of grace over your family. And I will not allow. They may be rebellious now, but I'm not going to let the devil destroy them. There's a grace. And God said, my people are destroyed for what reason? We didn't know this until we understood it right now. When we bring that barley offering, we are putting our family. God said, bring them in. It wasn't only the Egyptians. It wasn't only the Israelis. Every Egyptian that came in, every servant that came in, every child that came in, every mother-in-law that came in, they were under the blood of that man who put the blood on the door. Somebody shout him Amen. Now watch this, and I won't take time to turn it, but watch this. You say, well, pastor, that's Old Testament. Jesus said, the New Testament says, a saved wife will sanctify her unsaved husband, and a saved husband will sanctify an unsaved wife lest the children be unholy, but they will now be holy. I'm not saying they don't need Jesus. I'm saying there's an angel of protection. There's a covering of the blood. There's an umbrella of grace that's on your family. And the destroyer is not allowed to come in and get them. You and your family will be saved by grace man somebody shout they will be they will be you and I got saved by grace we all got saved by grace your children will be saved by grace your grandbabies will be saved by grace your husband will be saved by grace your friends will be saved by grace somebody shout the blood's on my door but watch this one more thought one more thought there is the physical and there is the spiritual everyone that you bring spiritually into your physical home everyone that you bring i'm covering my babies i'm covering my they now they may live in florida they may live in england they may live in india but we're you but they're your family they may not want the blood. They're under the blood anyway. But watch this. You may not understand all that I'm talking about. You may not understand, because I've been studying for 12, 13 years. You may not understand all that I'm teaching on, on, on uh, uh, Passover and Purim and, and, and the Kobam the Omer and the Shabbat. You may not understand it all. But that's all right. Whether you're sitting in this room, or you're watching by stream, or you're watching by television, I have brought you, God has brought you into our house, just like a physical dad, and mom, you cover your physical family. If you're in this, you may not understand it, but you're going to get the blessing of it, because we are covering you in our house. The house of God. New beginnings is the house and a family, not a church. Somebody say amen. There is an anointing through association. I know you don't understand everything I'm saying. I know you're getting it line upon line, precept upon precept. I know that many of you are new to this, and I've been teaching it for years. But I'm going to tell you something. If God's brought you under this covering and I'm daddy on this spiritual house, then every blessing that I'm releasing through the blood of Jesus, that is on you and your family and your finances and your future by the blood of Jesus. Somebody shout grace. Let me close with this. Let me close with this. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, let each man give. Now, listen to me. Don't don't tune me out. Look look at this. One one last scripture. Let each man give as he purposes in his heart. For his for God is able to make all grace. all what grace. all what grace. all grace abound towards you in. 50 days, Pentecost, seven Sabbaths, 50 is Pentecost. It's, it's the time that God, re- it's the 50 that returns everything that's been stolen. In 50 days, we'll receive an offering towards prosperity. We will give an offering to l- let that seed release to us its own kind a wheat seed of prosperity. But right now, before we go after prosperity, we're going to release the seed of favor and the seed of grace. Let each man give as a purpose. When I, bring, when I bring my offering next Sunday, my barley offering, my first of the times that we do not come before the Lord empty-handed... When I bring that barley offering, I am bringing that offering and expecting a thousand percent for the grace of God to be on me, the grace of God to be on kids, the grace of God to be on my children, the grace of God to be on my grandchildren, but the grace of God to be on you. I am giving with the purpose for the grace of God to be on me. I am giving for the purpose of the favor of God to be on me, and I am giving. For the purpose that everybody that's in my household, physical and spiritual, that the blood will be on the door of your household. And the destroyer will not destroy your family. Somebody shout amen. Somebody ought to just shout grace. Come on, you ought to shout it seven times. Grace, 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 grace. Great. Now give him a great big clap offer. Every seed will produce after its own kind. Be not deceived. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. See, if we don't understand what they're talking about, we come up with these other things. But God is saying three times, return unto me. How return? Kobam Omer. The measure that you return to me with, and I will open you the windows. Now think about this. Next Sunday, God will open you the windows of grace. Next Sunday, God will open you the windows of favor. Next Sunday, God will open over your children the windows of heaven and the devourer will pass over your family from this day on. Somebody shout amen. Think about it. Drugs are going to pass over your family. Think about it. Addictions are going to pass over your family. Think about it. Uh, divorce is gonna pass over your family. Think about it. Cancer is gonna pass over your family. Think about it. is gonna pass over your family. Think about it. Filing for bankruptcy is gonna pass over your family. Think about it. Losing your home is gonna pass over your family. Somebody shout amen. But the most important thing, we're gonna cover your children. We're going to cover your grandchildren with a grace. My people destroyed for what reason? We just got knowledge that is hair-lipping the devil in hell right now because we've just realized he cannot destroy our children anymore. Somebody shout Amen.